I'm Bridget Pettacy, and this is your Dumpster Fire for the weeks of October 23rd to November 5th. And it's our 100th episode! (laughs) (laughs) And the unicorns dance while the world burns, world burns, world burns. never getting rid of that. We're going to be finding glitter for like forever. Ever. <laughs> for a long, long time. Thanks, Sam. Uh, Happy it's birthday, It's in my Bridget. coffee. <laughs> you, you didn't want glitter coffee with this episode? It's the newest rage in LA. That's all we're doing for this 100th episode. <laughs> Welcome to our 100th episode extravaganza. Some of you have been with us since the beginning of time. I can't believe that we've made it to 100 episodes. I can't believe some of you have been here since day one. Yeah, and you've watched 100 episodes (laughs) of this nonsense. It is nonsense. It is indeed nonsense. We are now officially old enough to run for president. (laughs) Before we really get going, please subscribe to Phetasy.com to get your unedited version of this show, 100 episodes of it, if you can believe it. And you get that on Sundays, and you also get a ad-free version on Mondays when we drop the free version for everybody on Mondays. I almost called them freeloaders just to be feisty, but <laughs> I thought it would be nice since it's our 100th episode. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, and tell your friends. I actually do hear from a lot of people that they heard about us from a friend, so the word of mouth is working, unlike the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> well... We're here. We made it to 100. It's miraculous. Here's to another 100 more. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, wow. Boy. That um, should get us through the next Trump presidency. <laughs> hey. I feel like it has, like, the Democrats just want to lose this election because it just feels like they don't even care and everything they try to do to win somehow makes it worse. And it's probably easier for them to just call everyone racist and fascist than to actually try and solve any of the problems. And so they're just going to be like, yeah, you guys can take over. And then we can go back to just being hysterical lunatics. (laughs) All right, here we go. Sprained my eyes. I I love that we're starting with this. The most ridiculous trailer for a show ever aired. I don't even know how this was real. It is so stupid. I can't believe it. This is the, (laughs) the, everybody has histrionic personality disorder, particularly on the left. And it really shows up in insane opening to shows like this one. Was Uh it a trailer or the opening to the show? Oh, I don't know. I thought it was a trailer. (laughs) Either way, it's the most amazing bit of television that I've ever seen. I can't even believe it's real and not parody. Thank you. 
So just to give you a quick rundown of what happened in this, it's basically, I think it was from New, what was the? New Amsterdam. New Amsterdam is the show. And all of these people are getting news on their phone and they make it seem like it's 9-11. People are hugging and crying and they're looking at their phones. This Someone guy drops d- his phone. <laughs> he dropped his phone. Someone drops their coffee. They're running towards each other. They ended up gathering in the hospital and then looking at this television. And then it says Roe v. Wade is overturned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I'm telling you, like the le- it was two minutes long. It's, it's the level you really think long. it's like the next 9/11. <laughs> like what has happened that is so appalling? Or like a mass shooting? Yeah, it's like Roe v. Wade is overturned. What killed me too is the men who looked at their daughters. I know, I know. I'm like, okay. <laughs> They like sadly looked at their young daughters <laughs> thinking about like what just like, how they couldn't, they have, couldn't abortion. have an abortion. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like that so was the gross. best part is like the dad looking at his little girl like she'll never be able to have an abortion. <laughs> like you're just gonna have to carry the baby to term. Just you're gonna have to carry that baby. Oh god, it's so I mean, weird. It's so. Stupid. It's so, it was so over the top. Of course, it got roundly mocked online, and we will be roundly mocking it on this show for the duration of the show. <laughs> I don't think people, when you look at the concern people have for Roe v. Wade, it's like seventh on the list of things that people care about. It doesn't even crack the list of the top five things that our Americans are concerned about. And it just shows you what a bubble the these people occupy. A big percentage of Americans are pro-life. Enough that you would be in a bubble to think that this would resonate with like the majority of your audience and they wouldn't just be laughing hysterically at how seriously you took this. It I is, couldn't believe it was real. I know. Uh, it's like a parody of of itself. It's like a parody of Hollywood. Uh-huh. And what they how they view certain issues that most people I don't think take as seriously as oh Jesus. <laughs> they do. It's just it's it was amazing. It gave me so much joy. My nemesis is at it again. The Elon Twitter deal was finalized and Elon's making some changes. He says that Twitter will now charge $8 for a blue check. I don't even know where to begin because Elon took over Twitter, basically made it private, fired half the people as of Friday or a large percentage of them. He's now bullying people into paying $8 a month for the blue check. There's so much. It's been, it's so weird. It makes me think we are actually living in a simulation because nothing can be this hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how did this billionaire spend $44 billion, which is completely overpriced for a product that doesn't really even make money? They've never figured out how to make money on Twitter, even though everybody uses it constantly. And again, you see this change in messaging where, you know, two weeks ago, Twitter's not real life. That was always the thing. Like, Twitter's not real life. And now it's like the most important journalistic place (laughs) where everybody needs to get their information. And Twitter used to be just a place where you post and it's taken on this like out it. I've always said Twitter might not be real life, but it is influential. Yeah. 
It is not representative, but it is influential. And it influences all of the influencers. It's like a giant think tank where everybody from every industry is duking it out. And then Jonathan Haidt had a tweet where he was like, you know, Elon, can you please do something about the discourse? The incentives are off and it's more like a coliseum. And I'm like, this is Thunderdome. Nobody (laughs) wants it to be anything other than what it is. This is why people come here and love it and are addicted to it because everybody just, it's a coliseum. Everybody fights. People love it. Yeah, I just I really haven't been paying attention because, you know, it doesn't really affect me. But the histrionics of people, the history, especially the histrionics of like the journalists who no longer can DM their favorite buddy at Twitter and be like, can you censor X, Y, Z? Because they said boys and girls are different. I'm sorry you lost your direct connection to your people at Twitter, but also the histrionics of the people who were leaving Twitter, who got fired, and they were like, it was like they, the journalists and and the self-aggrandizement of these people leaving, they're like, we tried hard until the last screen went dark. Like, you're a f***ing war hero or fighting for freedom in Iran. You... Like you're a tech guy, you're get, you're getting th- three months severance. You're gonna go get another six figure job in two seconds flat. What would you say? You do here. I have people skills. We saw what your day looks like. You're drinking matcha lattes and doing yoga, and the average American doesn't give a shit about your freaking plight. I'm sorry, it sucks to get laid off, but. No one had that kind of compassion. Like, what if it was the Hobby Lobby laying off 3,700 people? (laughs) Uh No one care. Blink an eye. No one would even care. Yeah. (laughs) They signed an open letter being like, we hate our new boss. What do you think is going to happen to you? Uh. (laughs) You think, like, that was a good idea on your part? There's so many things that piss me off about this entire interaction. Like, Elon is my nemesis, although the fact that he was trolling people like AOC, I was like, all right, I'll pay the $8. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. She did this long thing talking to him about whatever she said to him, and then he's like, $8. That'll be $8. He changed his bio on Twitter to read Twitter complaint hotline operator. He really is like a man after my own heart. In so many ways, he's just another post or troll with billions of dollars. Uh-huh. I would be like Elon if I had billions of dollars. That's probably why I hate him. Uh-huh. <laughs> I see so much of my my own personality flaws in him. He was like making fun of all these people for the $8 charge, which is whatever. The, the reason people got verified was because they needed to verify like a celebrity was actually a celebrity and not somebody impersonating the celebrity. And they actually got sued because that happened to somebody and it cost him damage and harm to his reputation, et cetera. So there was a reason that they did this and it was to make the platform more trustworthy and safe for people. And now they're saying if you, if anyone can buy a blue check and it doesn't sound like there's going to be any real verification like ID check to actually be part of this 
$8 for your blue check. So right. it could be pretty sketchy. That, that's <laughs> annoying to me. Like, I feel like they could, you know, fine, if you need to make money, charge $8 for the blue check, but you still go through the verification process right. and only certain people get blue checks. But of course, they want the money. So they want anyone so, who buys it can get a blue check, which defeats the purpose that everyone's going to have a blue check. Then the other thing that drives me crazy is that Elon Musk and David Sachs, who's another billionaire tech guy who also started PayPal with Elon, they're like memeing this idea that blue checks really only care about the blue check for their status into existence. Like, I think David Sachs had something saying like the entitled elite don't want the the blue checks to have, you know, for it to be like democratic for everybody to have blue checks bro you are a billionaire (laughs) a billionaire like when billionaires start this is like trump 101 you're pulling trump is sitting on a golden toilet and he's telling people that he's like some populist hero david Sachs, you're not a working class hero you fly around on private jets. You are the entitled elite. Anyone who has billions of dollars is the entitled elite. You're not going to like trick us into thinking you're some working class hero. Although some people do seem to be fooled by this. Actually, millions of people are fooled by this. It's bonkers to me. People who fall for this, who believe these billionaires give a shit about you, and are one of you? They're not. None of them are. Not a single billionaire out there is anything like you. They don't have to deal with anything that you have to deal with. They never hear the word no. They get whatever they want. They don't wait in lines. They have private everything. They go to private, you know, viewings of things. They don't deal with plebs. They're terrified of germs. They think you're a dirtbag. Right. <laughs> And I think so many people don't even grasp the difference between millionaire and billionaire. Like that that example I always use is a million seconds is 11 days. A billion seconds is 31 years. Like yeah. the difference between <laughs> a million and a billion is yeah. so vast. Our minds don't even comprehend it. I dated a guy who is worth hundreds of millions of dollars and he felt poor compared to billionaires because he was. Uh-huh. It still is so massive difference. And when you have multi-billions of dollars... It's like there is you can't nothing you can't it. do. Yeah. You can literally rule the world, which you can buy you Twitter. You can buy Twitter. <laughs> and the Washington Post. This is why these guys do this. And we're we all be, you know, it's all like we're all Elon's toys now. He's just playing with us. Like this is his dollhouse and we're all his toys. And now we have to pay $8. And the other thing that he's doing is being like, oh, it's free speech. You know, I want it to be democratic, but you're charging for it. So don't don't try and trick me into like buying back my free speech. Just sell a good product. And then he was saying that he was like, oh, we lost some advertisers because of the activists, which is sketchy. He lost advertisers because they went to the upfronts, which is where people go to try and sell ads in advance of the year, like the 2023. And they had questions about how he was going to regulate it. Is he going to fire people? They didn't have good answers and they didn't sell a lot of money. They didn't have a lot of advertising money come in. That's not necessarily activists, not to say that there aren't activists trying to destroy him and them. 
But it's just like ridiculous because now I was joking. I'm like, I'm glad to see that Elon has fully embraced the subscriber model, which is to make yourself a victim of censorship and then beg for money from people. (laughs) Kick the can. Be like, oh, no, all these people are trying to take away my advertisers or they're silencing me. And we we talk about this all the time because we try really hard not to do this on all of our shows whenever people are coming after. It would be easy for me to be like, I'm being oppressed. I'm being silenced. Please subscribe to us. Support us because people hate us so much. Yeah. I mean, you see this with every single subscriber model almost across the board. Like, if you value free speech, you'll pay for us. Uh, And that is (laughs) somewhat true. Like, there's truth in that. We remain independent and can say whatever we want because we don't take money from Peter Thiel or we don't take money from... George Soros, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) yet, yet. (laughs) And I and I appreciate that we are fully funded by the people. That makes it much easier for us to do whatever we want and piss off whoever we want. But I was laughing. I'm like, welcome to the subscriber model, Elon. It's the way you make the bank. Yeah, Yeah. I like that. If you're going to pay for this, I am not the product anymore, and Twitter is because right now the reason it's free. And we all joke about, I can't believe this website is free, and maybe we shouldn't have joked about that so much. (laughs) But we are paying for it with ourselves. We are the product. The minute you're charging for something, Twitter becomes a product. I like that inversion. I think that's correct. If I can pay $8 for extra long videos, that's great for somebody like me who makes videos. Extra long videos. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. We are not brief here at Dumpster Fire. We'd like to be. Elon paid $44 billion to have all of us as toys in the whole world, and it is pretty crazy, and now we all live in the island of Musk-fit toys. <laughs> what I believe is that we need to give a blue check mark for every pleb. Give them away. I believe if you are brave enough to put your real name behind your opinions in this kind of climate, you deserve a blue check. That's just how I feel. Every people should be verified. I should know that you're just a real person and not some posting edge lord behind an anime account avatar. So give them, give them to all the plebs. That's part of my ayat for every pleb, a blue check for every pleb. That is my promise to you. This makes me think that we should bring back the verified nobody shirts because everyone's going to be a verified I know. nobody. I know. We should. We should, I was thinking about that actually the other day. I'm like, wow, Verified Nobody was way ahead of its uh-huh. time. And nobody really got it. But now I think we should. We should put them back up. Yeah. And what no one wants to admit is that they can't leave Twitter because they're addicted to it. It's just the fact. And I know this because I've tried. It's like Hotel California. The truth about this story is that everyone in this story is awful. Except for me. Subscribe to Phetasy.com. We'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Sheath. Sheath underwear was created by an Iraq war veteran to help keep his parts dry in the desert. He was there and he was thinking, I don't need my family jewels sticking to the side of my leg. And then he came up with it. 
The advanced dual pouch system is a great way to keep those parts separate from your legs, from sticking and chafing and rubbing, and everything is nice and compartmentalized, and you can run around and do your chores and get ready for the holidays and not have to be thinking about readjusting. I also recommend their female ladies line. They have sports bras and booty shorts, and it's modal fabric that's really soft and helps your pH stay balanced and helps everything breathe. It's all I wear really around the house. My go-to, like, banging around undies. <laughs> hey If you go to sheathunderwear.com and use the code DUMPSTER, you will get 20% off your entire order. Sheathunderwear.com, use the code DUMPSTER and get 20% off your entire order. The link is in the description below. Then we have There's No End in Pandemic. A new Senate report concludes that COVID-19 likely resulted from a research-related incident. I love that it came out, Vanity Fair came out with this report, and then everyone was like, this report is a dumpster fire. I'm like, yeah, the idea that it originated in a wet bat market down the street from a research lab is more likely than the fact that it it originated in a research lab. Like, come on. (laughs) Come on. That's more plausible to you? Which, what a strange coincidence. How many movies do we have about exactly this happening? Gain of function research going wrong. And then it does go wrong and we're like, how did this happen? Uh-huh. It must have been the pangolins. <laughs> <laughs> the what? <laughs> That's what they said. The pangolins? The pangolins in China. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's like an Maggie armadillo lives in such looking. A bubble. She never even learned what a pangolin was in the <laughs> COVID epidemic. Everyone knows what a pangolin is. Where were you in 2020? I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> All right. New York Supreme Court reinstates workers who were fired for not receiving the COVID vaccine. Good. This story got buried. I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) We're only talking about it because no one talked about it. Strange. They're getting back pay. Yeah. 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 And I think the mayor was like against it. Of course. Yeah. Of course. It's so stupid. Everybody should be rehired who is fired for the for not taking the vaccines. And honestly, these are some of the bravest people, I think, maybe in the world, because they stood up to levels of pressure that we really haven't seen. Tech pressure, pressure from businesses like Djokovic. He was like, no, I'm not doing this and had COVID like twice and still can't come into America. And they just reinstated that you need to be vaccinated to come into the United States. The only other countries that have this are like Libya, Iran, China. China. Like, it's nonsensical. I don't, it's, I'm telling you, the Democrats are trying to lose. All right, then we have The Atlantic published a pandemic amnesty letter, and it did not get the response expected. Yeah, the pandemic amnesty article backfired spectacularly like a week before the election. They dropped this, and it's Emily Oster, who I normally like. She's she's written some good things. She wrote the book I love about pregnancy, so she's normally like pretty evidence-based and science-based, 
And in this instance, but on during COVID, she was like, unvaccinated people shouldn't be allowed to go out. And she was very hardcore about the vaccination re- requirements and was pro-vaccine passport. And so she wrote this being like, come on, guys, let's just forget about it. Like, everybody needs to be nice to each other. And let's forget those things we might have said when we were just confused. We were confused for like three months. I've openly said that in the first couple weeks, I was like, what's the big deal? Let's shut it down. And then by, I think, June or even, yeah, May or June, I was like, okay, this has gone too far and this is insane and it's a tyrannical grab for power. Even when we had more information, people were still push punishing people for not wearing masks, for not getting vaccinated. I mean, there's so many things that I could list. It's endless. But what this article hilariously did was that it opened up this wound that people have in America and they it just was like this outpouring of you my grandma died alone I went to a zoom funeral my child has developmental delays because they didn't see a face for two years like the list goes on organ donors were taken off the list if they were unvaccinated Shut down public parks. They were saying people who are unvaccinated shouldn't get health care. I mean, people aren't going to forget that. It should Insane. be kicked out of hospitals. It should be and kicked out. The people list lost yeah. their jobs. On and on. Yeah. On and on. People died alone. They had to watch their loved ones die on a f***ing iPad. Hang on a minute. Don't take her away. Hey, don't take her away. Hey, I love you. I know, Mama. Sickening. I wish I could change it all. These are things that people aren't just going to forget and forgive. By the way, all of this happened, and then there were f***ing riots and protests that were, like, sanctioned by all of the mainstream media to add salt to the wound. And everybody had, and we had epidemiologists being like, racism is the real virus after you watched Peepa die on frickin'. You're Mac. Like this, people were mad. <laughs> people were mad. People are mad. <laughs> people. <laughs> I got that from Dave. He always calls him Mima and Peepa, and I I love it. <laughs> I mean, I'm still mad. I'm still mad, and I didn't even suffer as much as a lot of other people. Anyway, I don't think it really went as they planned. <laughs> Just, no. like, made everyone super mad. And they were like, never forget what they did to us! <laughs> Five <laughs> days before the midterm. They're trying to lose! Moving on to the BDE Awards. Speaking of people pushing back against totalitarian regimes. Iran protests continue despite brutal crackdown as another teen is reportedly killed. Yeah, I just didn't want to let this drop because it's something I'm still like just I'm in awe of the bravery of the people of Iran. And I didn't want to just do it one time and forget about it. (laughs) 
there seems to be real momentum. And like Maggie was saying yesterday, the morning period's 40 days and they keep killing people. And so it keeps extending these 40-day morning periods and it's making it even harder for the government to crack down because these they keep killing people. Yeah. And they've mm-hmm. killed a lot of people. They had to like bring police out to prevent people from like more people from joining a funeral and from it to turning into a like They're killing kids. Like little young kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you think that that's going to rally people to your cause when you're killing children. <laughs> Yeah, they're going into schools and taking them. Yeah, it's it's bad. They have special forces that aren't in uniform, so they go out with the protests with guns hidden and attack people. The people in Iran, we have to keep being their voice. That's all we. Yeah, can, that's all we can do. Take me to church. I like a dog at the shrine of the light. I've seen a lot of things in LA supporting it. There are a lot, which of- is good. Billboards and art installments. Yeah, I'm happy that there are a lot of people still voicing it and talking about it and women life freedom asking, asking questions about I, it. Did you see the picture with all the women with the tattoo? The New York Times ran a piece on how sophisticated China's surveillance state has gotten, and it's terrifying. They own half the cameras in the world. Analysts estimate that over half of the world's nearly one billion surveillance cameras are in China. In terms of, like, surveillance cameras. And the other half, probably more, they have access to through TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Very Half the cameras in the world. That's crazy. Their surveillance state is so terrifying. Police around China rely on software to analyze and extract more information. State media promotes the software's ability to identify a person's race and ethnicity, the color of their clothes, and whether they're wearing a mask or glasses. While this type of technology is readily available, the documents show the government doesn't think it's being used widely enough. And the crazy thing is, people want that. The weirdest thing to me in this report was the people lining up to give their, like, blood. I'm like, is this required that they... they, it was so crazy. They take, like, iris scans. They're doing DNA profiling. They're, like, they can identify you anywhere. It's... And track you anywhere, and they have those crazy phone things that can now they're trying to like listen to your audio. I right. mean, their surveillance state is, and you see, like Canada is trying to adopt a lot of this, and some of their cities, and I, it's crazy. I mean, the only thing we're going to end up stealing from China here is probably their surveillance state. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because at the end of the news report, it was like it won't stay in China. No. It is building a future in which mass surveillance supports authoritarian rule. And it's unlikely to stay in China. TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, planned to use the app to track physical location of specific American citizens. How long have we been saying on this show, TikTok is Chinese spyware. It's why we don't have a TikTok account for Dumpster Fire, even though everyone tells us that we should. Do we have one? We do. Oh, just kidding. (laughs) Sam, you have TikTok on your phone? 
China spying on Get out, Sam. Get out right now. (laughs) Some of those people are probably dissidents, Chinese dissidents. We shoot dumpster fire on a TikTok phone. Oh, God. They definitely know what we're up to. They have everything. On a TikTok phone. You can never go to China. (laughs) No. You'll be thrown in the gulag immediately. Yep. (laughs) Trump was right. We should have banned it. Maybe he'll ban it in 2024. Now let's take a quick break to check the weather with Angie Gonzalez. Vamos las lluvias, se mantiene ese ambiente seco. Cabe destacar el pronóstico para el día de mañana, sobre todo para todas las personas que piensan visitar playas. Guatulco, Acapulco, el área de Ixtapa, cielo despejado. Thank you, Angie. Like, subscribe, and comment. Touch my bells and buttons. All right, then we have dumpster diving. What's next in the dumpster? <laughs> We have a man in Norway identifies as a disabled woman and rolls around in a wheelchair they don't need. I mean, is this a real story? Supposedly. How can it be real? This is the end. This, of course, this is real. This is the end of this entire ideology. Yeah, this is where it was leading. I mean, so Mm -hmm. apparently in Norway, there was a backlash because this person was being sympathetically profiled on television for his (laughs) trans disability. He was claiming to have body integrity disorder, citing a dissonance between how he perceives himself and how his body functions. I have struggled with this every day my whole life. Oh, no. You have legs that work instead of legs that don't work. You mentally ill psychopath. What is wrong with people? I I don't know. He had stated he had always wished he had been born a woman who was paralyzed from the waist down. Like, what the fuck? I just unlived myself. (laughs) Unalived myself. I just unalived myself. (laughs) I'm trying to be like the cool kids on YouTube because I'm just an old lady on YouTube. I really am an old lady. We're 100. We're definitely an old lady on YouTube now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good old Rachel Dolezal is back. She identifies as mentally disabled. Everyone has their kink. How can you just identify as a woman who's disabled when you're like, a, this is how far white, average white dudes have to go to stand out. <laughs> <laughs> to feel special. Yeah. They know that they like are losing ground and now they'll do anything to get higher up on the oppression hierarchy. And so they can just identify as a woman who is disabled, even though they have perfectly working legs. Then we have a man was rejected from a job because his penis was too big. (laughs) Don't you hate when that happens? This guy just wanted to brag about having a big dick and he probably made it up that he was rejected from a job. He's like, oh, no, I lost this job because my penis was so big. Well, supposedly he's got a really big schlong. He needs, like, special (laughs) underwear. Maybe Uh, he needs a wheelchair. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Apparently he had a good interview, but he was told, you're not going to get the job. We thought you were a good candidate, but we thought there was inappropriate behavior happening. Basically, they thought he had an erection during the interview because his penis was so big. He needs a sack for his pe- He should get sheath underwear. It has a pouch for the peen. Yeah. This is just a little person with a big dick. <laughs> he, have you seen the guy, though? He's very small. He's very skinny. Yeah. 
He has like tiny little arms. Well, he was All saying like Earth went somewhere else. My penis is as large around as his forearm, and uh, but you look at his tiny little bird arms, and you're like, well, <laughs> well that's not that surprising. <laughs> Third arm down there. Then we have Breaking Bridget. This is a real story. The Department of Homeland Security and the FBI were colluding with tech companies to deprive U.S. citizens of their right to free speech. This story should have been a national huge story. Lee Fang and Ken Klippenstein are the journalists at The Intercept who broke this story. And Lee went on Tucker, which is like shocking to me that this is the only person who had Leon talk about it. And also he went on Democracy Now!, but it should this should be like everywhere. This is the stuff that's terrifying to me. The work, much of which remains unknown to the American public, came into clear view earlier this year when DHS announced a new disinformation governance board, a panel designed to police misinformation, false information spread in- unintentionally, disinformation, false information spread intentionally, and malinformation, factual information shared, typically out of context with harmful intent, that allegedly threatens U.S. interests. So this disinformation governance board was widely ridiculed, immediately scaled back, and then shut down within a few months. But then they pivoted to these other initiatives and to monitoring social media. Now that its original mandate, the war on terror, has been wound down. This is from the Intercept article, which we will put in the description. This started back in 2017 with all of the Russia disinformation and Russia uh, trying to affect our elections. What's really chilling is that they plan to expand censorship on topics like withdrawal from Afghanistan or origins of COVID, efficacy of the COVID vaccine, racial justice, the nature of the U.S. support to Ukraine, and info that undermines trust in financial institutions. And there's no real clear way to define what the false information is or even what gets priority. Anything basically that goes against the official United States narrative could be determined as disinformation. Right. We don't like that. It's misinformation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't like that you're maybe questioning Pfizer about the vaccine. So disinformation. And what's so crazy is how much support this has from people who are even journalists. I'm like, you guys are supposed to be the people that take these all of these institutions to task. Pharmaceutical companies, government. You're supposed to be skeptical. You're not supposed to just be shoveling all this shit. And they make it sound like it's this innocent thing like, oh, Facebook just put a little suggestion box out for the government to drop their little suggestions in on their way out. No, this is how we saw this happen with the Hunter Biden laptop story, which was roundly suppressed right before a major election and then came out as true. Like this is bananas. You shouldn't be able to do that with information. And it's definitely even the ACLU, which has been a hot pile of garbage lately and seems to have completely abandoned their entire premise in the past couple of years. Even the ACLU came out and and they are parody now, but they came out saying the First Amendment bars the government from deciding for us what is true or false online or anywhere. Our government can't use private pressure to get around our constitutional rights. The government pressuring private companies to do their bidding is 
literally fascism. <laughs> That's that is we this kind of collusion is the stuff that we don't want to happen in our country. And it definitely erodes at our ability to have any kind of sense of free speech. The undermining trust in financial institutions. What the f- does that mean? Why should we trust mm-hmm. our financial institutions and after the how, 2008 meltdown? Like, How what? many of them have been sued, too? Yeah. Wells Fargo? Like, how many times have these companies been sued? Pfizer has the biggest fine ever to anybody for of all the pharmaceutical companies. Why, why should we trust these institutions uh, at face value at all? And starting with the government of the United States, which lied to get us into a freaking war. Like... It's it is. It's like welcome to China. No, it's Orwell. This is Orwellian. This is, and I don't understand these journalists who are supported and don't understand how it can be used against them in the future. Like they just seem to be like, oh yeah, well they're on the right team, so yay. The most up thing is that I mean, there's a lot of up things in this article. I encourage everybody to read it and go to Thanksgiving and get drunk and start spouting (laughs) off about it. Be the crazy uncle at the Thanksgiving telling everybody about this story because everybody needs to hear it. The DHS official working on disinfo noted during an internal strategy discussion that the agency should use third-party nonprofits as a clearinghouse for information to avoid the appearance of government propaganda. So you're using NGOs to basically wash all of this information so it doesn't look like government propaganda, even though it is government propaganda that's exactly what this is and that level of like conspiracy Mm -hmm. and you wonder why people are conspiracy theorists Uh because you are actually doing what conspiracy theorists say you're doing which is trying to hide all of these things that the government is doing behind nonprofits. it's i mean infuriating this should be a, a major story that just does not leave the news cycles and did you see it on cnn no msnbc a bunch of f-ing lunatics no i don't i don't understand i don't i don't i don't understand why why is it us not a news show <laughs> who is covering this story the news? <laughs> No, it's nuts. I they did great reporting on this. This is what investigative journalists are doing. Good for the intercept for covering this. It's it is important. There's so much distrust in our institutions and obviously there's so many conspiracy theories that fly around that aren't true, but how are you supposed to like this doesn't do anything to encourage trust if you know that the government can just put pressure on these huge social media systems as to what speech is allowed and what speech isn't that is a violation of our first amendment rights Mm -hmm. and yeah it should be a huge scandal yeah huge be the crazy uncle at thanksgiving or aunt or person and now we will cleanse our palates with the internet is glorious hey yeah it turns out yeah it turns out that this was all a lie yep I was really just kind of hoping we could put all this behind us and move on. Is that like, is that an apology? Because it doesn't really sound like one. I know that I called you a grandma killer, but I really just wanted what was best for you. I actually couldn't visit my grandma in the hospital or even attend her funeral, but my heart was in the right place. I also lost my business and my job. I had good intentions. (laughs) 
Last episode's comments. Offensive pig said watching a dumpster fire episode is like a war deployment. It's like what? A war deployment. You know how you were saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Nicholas Riken said, I usually don't watch news, but you're making it so fun. Oh, no. (laughs) We are not a news show, people. Joseph Shepard said, I'm not sure who enjoys dumpster fire more, me or my sex doll. Episode 100 is going to be lit, yo. Chadwick. 1E46 said, as a representative of men of culture, I protest dumpster fire substitution of the Telemundo weather girl for (laughs) Sesame Street's Grover weather report. There needs to be standards here. (laughs) Jeremy Ward, this is not a news show, but it used to be a Mexican weather show. I guess I'm Latin weather homeless now. Oh, no. (laughs) And Scott Lemley said, best weather report ever. Eric, the guy said, okay, so I usually just listen to this while I'm doing stuff, but I'm a dude, so I always take a peek at the weather lady. That's Made me laugh out loud. <laughs> People were had mixed reactions to the weather report, but it was uh, it had the uh, intended effect. Fetacy news. Uh, Fetacy news. Join us at fetacy.com. You get the unedited version of Dumpster Fire on Sundays, and you also get the ad free version on Mondays if you so choose. Although I encourage you to go watch it on YouTube so we can get those sweet sweet numbers. And you get a great community. There's workout for the ladies, and it's just an awesome community in there, and it's growing. Just the people are so great. So come join us. Join us, one of us. And on Walk-Ins Welcome, we had guests Chris Williamson and Jennifer Briney, both really interesting people and great conversations. Go check out Walk-Ins Welcome. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Dumpster Fire is a podcast. We also have a Substack, BridgetFetacy.substack.com, Beyond Parody with Bridget Fetacy. And you can get all kinds of stuff there. We do letters from the politically homeless every single week. We also had this week I released an uh, article about the crazy making of colic. And Jaron, my husband, Mr. Fetacy, and I have a podcast called Factory Settings. We did a whole month of Sober October content for people who have somebody who might be sober and is curious, or we talked about the 12 steps. We talked about us getting sober. I just celebrated nine years. Jared just celebrated five. And so we did like a whole month for Sober October, if you want to check that out. And then also our weekly newsletter, where you can get all of the stuff I just mentioned in one place easily for you to click on at the end of the week. And I blah, blah, blah about whatever and this week, I blah, blah, blah about what it was like to go back on the Joe Rogan experience, which is another thing I did. I was on JRE and uh, back in Austin in the mothership. And I was on the Dark Horse podcast with Brett Weinstein. And all of the links are in the description below. And make sure you get your holiday merch. If you order it soon, it will be there in time for the holidays. We have so much cool stuff. Sweatshirts, hoodies for all the different designs. We will bring back Verified Nobody. We'll get on that. 
Use the code hashtag dumpsterfire for free shipping on orders over $100. That is our gift to you, lovely followers. And if you're part of the community at fetacy.com, you get 20% off all of our merch all the time. So another really good incentive for you to join there. We're off next week, but we will be doing a live stream because the elections are happening. And hello, we're going to need to break down the dumpster fire that is the post-election madness. So we are doing a live stream Saturday the 12th, and I will let you know exactly what time. But just we'll put it we'll put it up here. We'll advertise it. Just keep keep an eye out for that. And we're back with the dumpster fire on Monday the 21st. Thank you to Andy Chandler, Dave Yates, Luna Viola, and Better Fetacy. I cannot do any of this without them. Writing, editing, research, just so much help. Thank you to Sammy Flaps and Folds. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you. Thank you to Magaru Sensor China. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you. Thank you to Sheath Underwear. Thank you to Zenpro Audio for all of our audio equipment, another small business you should definitely support. Thank you for being with us for 100 episodes. Yay! Yay! We love you. We love you so much, our supporters and watchers and viewers. And truly, this is like, I love Dumpster Fire because it truly is like a cult following. Yeah, We just is. have the the coolest, the coolest freaking people who watch this show. And you guys are all hilarious, and I just appreciate you. And I appreciate you being with us for the ride. And it looks like. It's only getting crazier, and unfortunately, what's bad for the world is great for dumpster fire. <laughs> is fuel for the dumpster. <laughs> this has been your 100th dumpster fire for the weeks of October 23rd to November 5th. I'm Bridget Fetacy. Now make me rich! Woo!